Welcome to the Sports Marketing Huddle, a podcast that looks at all things marketing in the world of sports. I'm your host, Rob Cressy, founder of Bacon Sports. And joining me today is Lauren Walsh, founder of LW Branding, a boutique branding and marketing agency that specializes in working with professional athletes. Lauren, I am super excited to have you on the show. I'm excited too. A long time coming. I'm glad we finally made it happen. Yes. And I was trying to remember, how did you and I initially get connected? LinkedIn. Remember, you were, you were just becoming the master of LinkedIn connections and you reached out to me. Yes. So let that be proof of the power of this. And that's actually something that happens often on the podcast because I love to talk with like-minded leaders in the world of sports, marketing, entrepreneurship, and what we're going to talk about today is a combination of athlete marketing and behind the scenes of the sports industry. So can you start this by giving a brief overview on sort of what you do, projects you might be working on, and then we can take it from there. Of course. So our role in the athlete's life is to really be, you know, the bus behind the scenes people. So the people that handle all the operations. And it changes from client to client, but uh, the standard of what we usually handle is going to be social media, whether it's developing content, posting, handling all the interactions, uh, facilitating marketing and endorsement deals, also assisting with any of their philanthropic efforts, getting them involved in community events, and then also helping them with establishing their legacy. And so what that's going to be is setting them up for different things, whether it's opportunities, making the right introductions, so that whenever the day does come that they have to retire or are forced to retire, that they have a very solid plan platform that they can then use to leverage and move into that next phase of their career. So what is one of the biggest challenges in getting athletes to understand the power and the leverage they can have of building their, their brand also digitally, which is something that as we've evolved from traditional, uh, sponsorships where Michael Jordan gets Gatorade and he builds this gigantic brand to where it is now where athletes don't necessarily have to only rely on endorsements that now you can look at what Juju Smith-Schuster does with the Steelers where he's on YouTube, he's crushing every platform. And then all of a sudden you see one year later, he's doing Pizza Hut commercials with Antonio Brown and he's someone, he's doing esports stuff with Ninja and Drake and he's really embraced the brand building and the, the challenges I see is the, the model is shifted, but are the agents the ones who are still either holding this down or are they embracing it or, or how does all of this work in your eyes? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a ton of different angles with it. I think to answer your first question about, you know, what is the struggle when it comes to this? The reality is that there are still a lot of athletes that enter the professional sports world and believe that their name alone should be enough to carry them forward. So, um, you know, a lot of times it's, you know, we may call it sometimes the Antonio Brown syndrome where athletes come in and they see, you know, what someone like AB is doing and how he's built a brand. He's on all these commercials and he has, you know, all these different followers and he's showing up to camp in a helicopter, you know, and they think, oh, well, because I'm an NFL player, 
I should have the same exact thing. You know, I have a platform just like his and, and it's, it's everything on the surface level. You know, they're not looking into all the hours or all the people on, on his team that are putting all this stuff together. So one, it's getting past that issue to help them understand that just because you're a professional athlete does not mean that you necessarily have all of that notoriety. Yes, you have a platform, but that's again, where all this comes in. And you know, the other thing is, it comes down to finding the right team. You know, a lot of agencies these days are what they call full service. And, you know, there's kind of, there's a couple parts that play into that. Um, the professional sports world, people are very protective, you know, of their clients, which I get it. You have to be. It's hard for these individuals to have the right trusted people in their lives. A lot of them have gotten, you know, screwed over, whether it's by financial advisors, by former agents, by people, you know, close to them who are supposed to be their trusted people. So it's hard to trust the right people. So a lot of the agents, they want to do everything in house or be everything to that player because they think, oh gosh, if we open up the doors, I mean, just, you, you know, you're going to open up the floodgates and all these people are going to come running in. When the reality is that you have to allow people to be really good at what they do best. I'm a firm believer in, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. You cannot be good at everything. And so you have to be willing to say, look, that's not what I'm good at. So let's bring in the right people. And that's where we've really carved out a niche. And I get it all the time. We had a call the other day with the father of a uh, potential NFL player who's, you know, set to get drafted pretty high. And he said, well, you know, we're talking to some agencies and they told us that they do what you do. And a lot of times, again, what all I do is I find a way to add value. I explain exactly what we do, how specifically we could work with that client to build their brand. And then it's up to them. At the end of the day, I know that the right people are going to come to us. We're always going to be fighting the uphill battle of the agents or the teams and all that. So I love this. So let's take the next step in this and let's talk about timeliness and urgency. So these athletes have a finite amount of time in which they are in the spotlight. So even if we look at Antonio Brown syndrome, cool. So that's a thing. An NFL player or any professional athlete, their shelf life may be anywhere from two years to 10 years. So that's when they really need to capitalize on the attention that they can drum up if they wanted to via social, via branding, via building a community. So what are the athletes' mindsets around this? Or is this something that you really have to push on? Because I see so many athletes whose brands are non-existent on social and it blows my mind because when they're retired, they're no longer as desirable because it's like, Listen, you're not in the, the headlights or the uh, headlights. You're not in, your name isn't in lights Spotlight. anymore. Yep. Spotlight. That's the word I was looking for. Um, so how do you convince that? Because, by the way, they're not social media and branding experts, so they may not know what they don't know, especially if they've got Antonio Brown syndrome. Yeah, I have such a passion for this. In all honesty, it needs to start as early as college. I'm not saying you need to take, you know, take, take the pressure, take the focus off of, off of anything. You know, you need to focus on your sport, but at the same time, you need to start as early as possible. And a lot of times what I hear, this comes a lot of times from either the agent or even from their parents or whoever the person is who's advising them, they'll say, you know, we're just waiting for them to get on a team. And I'm like, the reality is that once they get on the team, it's too late. You know, these days, I don't think a lot of people know this, but these days, the shoe brands are looking at social followings. Recently, there was, there was an issue that went on. There was a player being considered for a Nike contract. 
Nike wanted to know their Twitter and Instagram handle and wanted to know how many followers they have. And that was going to play in how the deal was structured in a certain way. So I tell them, by the time you get on the team, it's too late because everyone else has already been, you know, building their brand. You need to leverage everything you have leading up to it. So if you can invite it to the combine, you better be giving me, you know, some behind the scenes looks at what it is going on at the combine. And again, it's not about taking the focus off of why you're there or not focusing on football or where you're supposed to be, but simultaneously, you can have a little bit of fun and build your brand while you're doing all this other stuff. So they've got to be able to see the big picture of it all and say, listen, even though I'm a professional athlete and my focus is on winning and getting better, that doesn't mean that during the season you should be excluding creating content because quite frankly, that's probably when the most engaging content, I don't care who you are, you can be the last man on a team. The, the fans of that team want to know everything about every single player. And guess what? You may just be the guy who has the access to get Antonio Brown or any star player if you're on the team and the things that you can do just by association of others and the brand. So the next part of this, you say, all right, you need to be doing this bad boy now. But then you touched on something in, in the very beginning, legacy. So your two to 10 year run is over. Now what? So everything is either you're building, you've got momentum. So you see a lot of the athletes who say, all right, I want to get into the media now. Well, I'm just going to do this on Antonio Brown syndrome again, right? Because I'm sure no other professional athletes want to do this. No. So now all of a sudden, you've got a larger pool of professional athletes. The majority of them probably have larger social media profiles than you do. Because if you look at who's being hired by the big networks, Hall of Famers, all pros, these are the best of the best. So now you say the majority of athletes aren't those guys. Those are the unicorns. That's like the 1% of the 1%. So now what do you do post-career when you want to now jump right back into a competitive field and you're like, well, wait a second. I haven't been working on my microphone and on camera and video and writing and blogging and social media skills. Oh my God, is this too late? Which further is the, why do you need to be building this for your legacy? So Talk about getting them to understand that because what they're doing now, 10 years from now, could set them up for the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is, you know, you said two to 10 year career. What if you have a career ending injury? You know, I mean, I don't want to focus on that, but I worked with a client who had a career ending injury, who after playing seven seasons, the goal was to play a minimum of three more. And it all happened right there on the field, one play never played it down ever again. So you, you have to kind of instill that, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm playing, you know, devil's advocate and I have to instill that in, in them, but the reality is exactly what you just said. So once you go to transition, what do you have to say for it? Yes, you have your stats. People can look up who you were there. You know, you may have a Wikipedia page, but that doesn't convert to dollars. Whereas one, if you have a very successful social following strong enough that they're going to stick with you into the next phase, we can leverage that. Um, then it's also the other things like, you know, people like groups like the NFL and the NFL PA and the legends and all these different things. There are programs offered. You know, a lot of players don't realize you can actually go to broadcasting boot camp in the summer. And I've pushed you know, some of our clients to do that because the programming is there. And I'm like, look, if you want to move into this phase, you need to take it seriously. Just like you trained and you went to the combine, and you did all these things before you got to the NFL. Why are you not going to broadcasting boot camp if you want the transition to be into media? Because just because 
you can play well on the field doesn't mean it's going to transition over. So it's so important because you also need to leverage those fans. I mean, we work with uh, right now. I mean, there's a, a hall of famer that we work with who his brand is amazing and he has a name and he realized that, you know, we pushed him and he started a Twitter account. And I remember it wasn't verified. He had 400 followers. You know, we, we navigated around that. Now he's got, I think close to 10,000 followers and he has big brands wanting to work with him. And it, that was it. He realized, Holy cow, I was missing out. You know, now I, now I have big brands associated with the NFL that want to work with me and pay me thousands of dollars simply to do it. But again, we had, you know, had to teach him. And a lot of people are old school, especially some people who are at the end of their career. But my thing is, do you want to go work a nine to five? I mean, you can, if that's your thing, you totally can. But I'm just trying to say that if you don't want to, by building your brand now, you could set yourself up to never have to do that and set your family up and everyone else around you to be able to leverage all that. So for these athletes, they need to have the right team around them to help them execute this. And that's why they talk to people like you. So now let's get a little behind the scenes on what it's like working in sports in with athletes in branding and content and social media, because the reality of the situation is far from what everybody believes it is because it's incredibly competitive. Uh, it's extremely difficult. We always don't have every answer to every single thing, even for our own brands. We're obviously experts at what we do for others, but all of these things are challenges and the glamorization of entrepreneurship in working in sports. I did a podcast previously with Brian Cristiano. Check that out on the sports marketing huddle. If you didn't listen to it is something that I'm not saying drives me crazy, but it gives me like this sinister little smirk because it is so glamorized. And if people only knew what it takes to be successful. So give us some insight into your process and behind the scenes of what really goes on. I remember when I got started and someone close to me, one of my close friends would say, well, you don't have to go to work tomorrow. And I, and I looked at them like, are you crazy? You know that if I don't go to work, we don't make money. So that's, it doesn't work like that. But uh, you touched on an amazing point. It's something that I love talking about because People assume that I spend 90% of my time sitting at suites at games, hanging out with athletes, going to the biggest parties. The reality is it's the complete opposite. And when I interview people, even just for our internship, I make a point to say that. I'm like, look, you may not even ever touch or you know talk to one of our athletes, but you have to handle the behind the scenes. So the reality is that one, it's 24 seven, you know, of course last week, you know, you know, coming off now we're in the holidays, people say, Oh, do you get to take any time off? Or what about the holidays? And like, no, the NFL plays on Thanksgiving. The NBA plays on Christmas day. You know, it doesn't slow down. So one, you have to understand that it is 24 seven, you know, and there's, there's no such thing. You, you just don't get to have that, you know, typical schedule because this past week coming off Sunday night, you know, we have one of our clients playing Sunday night football. There's a post-game press conference. There's content that has to be developed. You know, I'm up to 1.30 a.m. handling that. Then we're right back into Monday night, Monday night football handling that, staying up late. So that's the big thing. Um, it's extremely competitive. Uh, you, have to, you have to know what you're doing because all it takes is you to mess up one time and a client can turn around and there are six people with their hands out trying to snag them and grab them as their next client. So let's talk about the competitive side of things. So I believe we've got two things we've got on an agency or a company level, and then we've got on the individual level. So a few episodes ago, I had Madeline Burke, who does a lot of 
reporting and video work for uh, like the New York Giants. And we talked about the competitiveness of this. And what you have to do is if you want to work in sports, you have to fully commit. You're not interested in, you're not interested in it. You're committed to doing it. There's no quit. It doesn't matter what anybody says to you. And then you say, all right, well, how in the world do I get the skills to do these things? You learn them and you do it. And it's probably a very similar story to the way that you built your brand because you're like, all right, I'm going to do this. And then the next day you're at zero and you're like, what do I do now? But look at where you are now. And what did you have to do? Or were there any light bulb moments or, or things or it may just have been the, the gradual grind, which is probably the more the reality of the situation of how does success happen? And quite frankly, success is actually just the entire journey. But how do you even go from zero to one? Yeah, it's so tough. And I'm always quick to tell people, especially these days, you know, our client list, it is impressive. It's amazing. I, I love, I love talking about that. But what I love talking about more is that up until about a year ago, it was, and it's still hard, but it, it wasn't, wasn't what it is. I mean, it took years and it was the daily grind, but it also was the focus. I think for me, the first probably two and a half, almost three years, it'll be coming up in January, it'll be four years in business. But um, the first probably two and a half to three years, it was strictly, I mean, it was head down grind. I'm telling you, I had no idea what I was doing. I'm okay saying that. I mean, I had no idea. It was a lot of trial and error, um, you know, hoping for the big break, but it was also being at the right place at the right time. So not only did I decide to commit, it was a financial commitment, a time commitment. You know, I was at every single draft, NBA, NFL draft, all-star weekend, different things. I mean, I remember taking out a credit card simply to be able to afford all the flights and hotels and everything that was going on. But I was committed to making it happen. And those are relationships, I'm telling you, two years ago, three years ago, that now are coming to me and saying, oh, you know, you work with this person. Now we want to work with you. But I think that's, that's the big thing. That's what people don't see is what goes on behind the scenes. And you're right. You have to be committed. It becomes a lifestyle. There's no separation. You know, I don't, I like to say like a lot of people don't like it, but I, I don't necessarily believe in work-life balance. Um, I think it's work-life blending. I think you have to accept that this is my life. You know, people know, I want people to know that this is what I do all day, you know, all day long, day in and day out. And that I'm committed to it. So when I meet with someone, this, the topic's going to come up. It's going to be about sports, gonna be, going to be about that. But I think a big thing is don't be afraid of what you're going to leave behind. I lost a lot of friends along the way. I had a lot of people who wanted to stand in my way or a lot of people who didn't agree with the fact that I put my company before everything else. I missed out on birthdays. I missed out on dinners. I missed out on happy hours because of the fact that I was committed to this. And they basically said, okay, see you later. You know, Lauren doesn't have time to come to our birthday dinners, So, we, you know, we can't be friends with her, but it's okay. Now I'm at the level where the people I'm surrounding myself with and the people I'm interacting with, even people like you are people that have stretched me that I am going to have conversations that, that bring me forward in all aspects of life. There is so much goodness in everything that you just said. Number one, I have worked every day for the last six years. And mentally, if you see me, actually one thing I try and work on is being more present. My mind never stops ever, ever, ever. It's why I'm continually working on what can I do to get better? Like for example, 
uh, I'm now waking up at 4.59 a.m. in the morning so that I can have the mental edge of waking up in the fours. And then that got me an extra 23 minutes every day to be able to work on something. You're like, well, why in the world are you doing that? Because between November and December, everybody else slows down and it's holidays and parties and stuff like that. But for me, that's the opportunity to speed up and say, all right, how can I prove to myself that I am willing to do whatever it takes to succeed? Because I never want to have the excuse where you look back and you're like, man, if I only did dot, dot, dot. And waking up early is only one of, let's call it a million things that I do every day to stack my success habits, to make sure that I'm on the right track there. And then the next thing that you said is leaving the people behind. And this is such a challenge, but it's also not a challenge. So it's hard because you're used to it. It's not hard because this is my dream and this is my life. And the reason I can work for six years straight is because I've prioritized this as the biggest thing outside of my family. Like the priority is so gigantic that you have to say, all right, what am I willing to do in order to succeed? And then the next level on top of that is your proximity to success that you always hear you're the average of the five people you spend the most amount of time with. But here's the thing. You can also do that on a micro basis. So for the listener right now, you're the average of Lauren and myself for the time of this podcast. And when Lauren goes to the NFL draft, she is the average of the five people she talks to in that room. So when she's talking to agents, even if it's only for five minutes, you have to have the proximity to success instead of, being at the friend's birthday party where we're drinking, having fun. Guess what? Like fun is part of everything that I do, my culture, my being, but that doesn't mean that I'm only partying and doing stuff like that. It's the complete opposite. It's why my nickname has become Bobby Midnight because once it becomes midnight, I'm like, peace, I'm out because I can't afford to be hung over tomorrow because when I wake up, even if it's on Saturday, I've got to do things or else I can't sit still because I'm like, Oh my God, if I didn't do something for one day, what in the world? Like that's the reality of the situation. Mm -hmm. I could not agree more. You hit a lot in the head. I have to ask you though, do you meditate? I do every single day. Okay. It's been a game changer for me. I think the only thing that's super important to allow people access to with all this, you can hustle so hard. You can outwork every single person in the room. But one other thing that's so important that people understand, it's a mindset. And you mentioned a lot of it. Like you are committed by what you just said. Your actions are a reflection of your mindset and you being committed to even like you said, going home at midnight, it's a mindset thing. And I think that's where people get lost. They think, oh, I want this and, I'm, and I want to do it and I want to reach success and I want to reach this level of money in my bank account. But at the end of the day, if you are not mentally strong enough to handle all of this and you're not focusing on things like gratitude and shifting your mindset to be in the right place and all of that, like nothing else is, is going to work, but also you'll get to that point and then you'll be like, is this it? You know, you have to enjoy the process. I love you mentioned earlier that success is the process because it is, you have to enjoy every single thing and you have to also enjoy the terrible trials and tribulations because those are going to be the times that you learn the most about yourself and where you're going and the time that like the light bulb is going to go off. I mean, there's so much goodness in what you just said because mindset is everything. When I quit my ad sales job six years ago to start baking sports, 
I decided to triple down on my mindset because I knew that no matter what else happened, just like you said, there's going to be long periods of time when you have no clients and you're going to be like, holy crap, how do I pay the bills? How do I do this? And it's a horrible feeling, especially because there's, there's no lifeboat. You burn the boats and you're on your own and there's no one there to save you. And you're like, this feels so horrible. And I can, I've got like a million instances of when I remember this, but that's why you have to say, all right, what can I do to build a positive mindset and meditating gratitude for me? It's journaling, it's reading, and it's doing everything that you can do to build the good box in your head. And one thing that I'm working on that I might as well just put this out here now. So I have to do it is I've reverse engineered the success of the most successful people, CEOs, people in sports, business, and everything to build my own mindset, life, and habits. And one of my goals is to help 1 million people. And when I started Bacon Sports, the mission was to help people achieve their dreams through a love of sports. So I knew if I could find a way to make money in sports, then I could teach others how I did so. And at the same time, I could hire others. So now it's getting to the point where people want to work with us and I don't want to turn people down if we don't necessarily have a project, but I would love to find a way to say, all right, you can do these things to start proving to us that you have the mindset of the way that we do things. So what I'm working on as we speak is a personal development platform that is going to build a mindset I guess the bacon sports mindset, which is probably very similar to yours, Lauren. And quite frankly, I'm sure there's going to be a way I'm going to be able to bring you into this to say, let's drop some nuggets of wisdom from your journey that can help others. But the micro things that you can do, because one of the biggest challenges I see in this industry for people who want to work in sports or build the world in their image is what's the roadmap for this? Because college, while awesome, did not teach me the skills that I needed to do right now. I had to self-learn those things. So if you were to type in right now, sports media creator or sports branding expert, how do I become one? What do I need to do? There's not going to be like a developed skill set that says, how do you learn how to meditate? How do you write down goals? How do you prioritize? How do you deal with adversity in doing these things on the micro micro level because you're probably a combination of a hundred habits every single day and I want to reverse engineer those habits of mine to help others because you and I talking and even just getting to this point is proof that we're on the right track and I want to be able to share that with others. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm excited for you. I definitely keep me, keep me posted on whatever you're building, but it's so true. And there's so many people and, and I'm excited that you're doing it because it took me months. I mean, this has been, I did the same thing as you. I said, who are the people who I deem as successful? I started digging into what are their daily habits? What is their mindset? What is everything that they're doing? And that's how I've reverse engineered everything that I've started to do whether it's meditating, listening to a minimum of one podcast per day, being very, very conscious of the people that I surround myself with, um, being protective over my energy and making sure, you know, one, it's not being wasted. Two, if there's something going on that's negative or people are talking negative or whatnot, it's like, this, this is a waste. It's, it's just taking up space in my mind right now to worry about this. But again, these are all things that I've had to reverse engineer based on listening and just studying the right people out there. So it's exciting to know you're going to put all that together. 
and the energy thing is so important, so important. And you have to be able to control your inputs because whether it's the people, the family, the social media, the things you watch, the things that you read, how you start your day is going to be how the rest of your day happens. So if you control it with gratitude and meditation and wonderful things, it is like we could do an entire podcast just on energy. It is without a doubt one of the five most important things to be successful. Lauren, you and I could talk for endless hours on this and I'm sure we're going to again. Where can people connect with you? Check us out, lwbranding.com, and then we are at lwbranding on all the various social channels. And is there anybody in the audience that you would like to connect with, or do you have a call to action? Yeah, so right now, it's we are always looking for the best referrals. Uh, one, from a client standpoint, if you know someone who, whether it's an athlete or someone working in sports who needs help with this, but also two, I love being able to mentor the next generation. So whether you're someone looking for an internship looking for a way to break into sports. I always love having those conversations and welcome them. You can reach out to us. I highly, highly recommend that you reach out to Lauren. Her and I have, have grown this wonderful relationship. Obviously, if you've made it this far in the podcast, you know the amazing things that she has to offer. As always, I would love to hear from you about this episode. Do you have challenges in growing your brand in sports or your mindset? What are the things that we can help you develop? Here's a crazy thing. All you have to do is hit us up on social media and guess what? We just might respond back to you. Any question that you have, let us know. You can hit me up on Instagram at Rob underscore Cressy or on Twitter at Rob Cressy. Have yourselves a fantastic rest of the day. That's it. That's all, man.